understand the next time you play your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back to episode 18 of Meet Us at Molly's, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Bryna. I'm here with the lovely Gina. Hello. And the lovely Ashley. Hi. And tonight we are talking about the season two finale of Chicago Med titled Love Hurts. Um, season three premieres on Tuesday, November 21st. So as we did with Fire and PD, in order to get ready for the season, we decided we're going to go back and recap the season finale so that way we can all get a refresher on what happened. Um, We will also be releasing as a separate episode. Um, It'll probably be up at the same time as this is up. So make sure you go listen to our interview with Jeff Dreyer after you listen to this episode. He's one of the writers and producers on Chicago Med. He gave us a lot of great insight on just his journey, how he got involved with Chicago Med. Um, He was also a writer and producer on Royal Pains before that, which is another medical show. Um, And just he gave us some really good insight on what to expect for season three. So make sure you go and check out that conversation as well. Um, But before we get into talking about the actual episode, um, let's talk about the news that we have this week. Not nearly as much as last week's episode. Like, not even close. Um, which is great. So it means we can dive right into the episode, but we do have a couple things to talk about. Um, we got the episode nine description for Chicago PD. Um, Ashley, why don't you take us through what's going to happen in episode nine? There is a death of Judge Tommy Wells, who is guest starred by John Pan. Panko? Cal, pink out, yeah. Something. And his daughter puts intelligence on track of a pill um, spreading into the suburbs of Chicago and the doctor's enabling it. And Voight discovers who's been leaking if leaking information about the 21st. Y'all, that last yeah, line makes me so nervous. Yeah, and this is also going to be the winter finale, which we now know is airing December 6th. So we will, we haven't decided what day we're going to record after that, but we will let you guys know. But we do know that we are going to get all scheduled nine episodes as they're supposed to be just a week later. Um, But yeah, so it's going to be the winter finale. But yeah, that last line, Voight discovering who's leaking information about the 21st. Ooh, that's, that's a haunting one. It's so haunting. It just, it makes me so nervous because I'm just imagining like a reincarnation of that scene when he found out with Jin but oh um yeah it makes me scared yeah the other thing to also note about this episode and as far as i know i didn't see it in the episode eight description but annabella costa is going to be back as a guest star in this episode and she plays it's camilla right that's her character's name camilla who made her debut on the big j episode uh 507 of chicago bd which is what we're going to talk about on Monday's episode, so make sure you go listen to that when it comes out. But yeah, so she makes a, another guest appearance, so we're going to see her again. It's crazy times on PD right now. Yep, some crazy shit's going down on PD. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then the last, the only other piece of news we really got this week um, is about Chicago Med. And so Gina, why don't you take us through that? 
Yeah, so Chicago Med has cast Michelle Gill um, as Dr. Reese's estranged father. So that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think he used to be on House of Cards. I don't actually know because I've never seen that show. But she is, yeah, so he's going to come in as Reese's estranged father. And I think he comes in as a patient. And then Reese is just kind of like, how do I handle this? So that should be pretty good. Yeah, and it didn't say when he's going to appear, right? We don't know if it's, like, after. I'm assuming it's after, like, in January. But we don't know, right? We don't know. It's also really interesting to think about now that we ju- we're ju- literally like minutes out of our conversation with Jeff. And so it's really interesting to th- see that based on what he said about his favorite relationship being the one between Dr. Charles and Reese as like a father-daughter, like surrogate-daughter kind of relationship. And so to see how that relationship is affected by Reese's actual estranged father coming in, that's like I'm just thinking about it now. Like that could be that'd be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so that was all the news that we had for this week. Um, as always, if you see something you think we should be aware of and want to talk about in terms of the news, um, send it to us. Whether it's an interview, a video clip, whatever. Chances are we probably have seen it, but if we haven't, we definitely want to see it. Um, so yeah, but without. Further ado, let's just h- jump into the episode. Um, we're not going to break this one down by storyline because there's a lot of storylines that take place on Med every week between the different patients and the this and that. I don't know if we'll do that moving forward, but we'll see. But for this week, we're just going to break it down chronologically. We're going to figure it out as um, we go. Yeah, we're going to figure it out because Med is, a you know, because there's usually two or three patients per episode, then there's all the characters having their own storylines. It'd almost be a lot to kind of break that down separately. So it might be easier for Med just to do it chronologically every week, but we'll figure that out as we go. Um, but yeah, so this episode begins with Robin being rushed for, to the hospital because in the episode before that, Gina, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you watched the, the episode before this recently. Robin had a, I don't want to use the wrong term here. She had a breakdown or she had a mental. She was having like repeated psychotic breaks and Dr. Charles had her committed and Connor did not take to that very kindly. And so Connor. He checked her out of the hospital, right? After Connor Connor, like retained lawyers and checked her out of the hospital, which is just so underhanded and awful and crazy. And so Dr. Charles basically told Connor, you have no idea what you're dealing with. And Connor didn't care. Connor took Robin home. And then in the middle of the night, Robin had a psychotic break. Okay, yes, yeah, so that's what we're coming off of. So this episode begins with Robin being rushed to the hospital and Reese and then also a few minutes later, Dr. Charles are basically there waiting for her. And rightfully so, Dr. Charles is pissed and he basically blames Connor for whatever's going to ha- happen later that night. He's like, you're the one that checked her out. This is your fault. I think he says, like, Which- this is on you. It's just like, ooh. Right, right. Which I understand where he's coming from. I mean, it's his daughter. He, you know, he doesn't know what's wrong with her. He just sees that, you know, something's not right. And so I get it. And I understand why he's pissed. But, like, it's also not really Connor's fault. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, well, you find out what the diagnosis is later. And it's really neither of their faults. Right, right. And it, so it's not, so it, it's a little harsh. But I understand, like, it, Dr. Charles is coming from a good place. 
Right, right. And the episode before, something I noticed too, in 222, I think is the the one before, but Connor, when Connor yells at Dr. Charles and is like, she's not a little girl anymore and you can't pass off your failures as a father under her. Basically, he brings up the failures as a father. I mean, I did not take that as, oh my God, I can't believe you're speaking to Dr. Charles that way. I took it as, okay, well, he's clearly misdirecting anger that he should be directing towards his own father at Dr. Charles. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically, once they kind of get Robin sedated and under control, um, things start to kind of calm down. And of course, Connor, though, is paged by Dr. Latham. And he doesn't really want to leave. He's like, I don't, he's like, I want to be here to be by Robin's side. But Goodwin says, you know, it'll be okay. Like, go see what Latham needs. Um, But before that, Dr. Charles is still by Robin's side. He's just sitting in a chair. He doesn't want to leave. And Goodwin comes in and she's like, you know, you should rest and like, you should like take care of yourself. And he just doesn't even want to have anything to do with it. He's like, no, like I want to be here. Like she's my daughter, but Goodwin, you know, as we see later on, Goodwin's kind of a little persistent in making sure Dr. Charles is like taking care of himself. I love Um, the relationship between them. Like it's very Hank and Trudy, but it's different. Like, yeah, I I love the way that Goodwin can Goodwin can speak to Dr. Charles like a certain way. And it's totally okay because obviously they have history. But I love that Goodwin was checking on him and was like, are you eating? Are you taking your meds? Because, you know, in that situation, things can get kind of hectic and basic things like that can be forgotten. Right. And it's also too like, I think they automatically kind of get put in the same category because compared to everyone else they interact with and all the other cast members on the show, like they're a little bit older. Um, So they just kind of automatically get put in like a separate category, I feel like. But that's not why their relationship is so great. It's for all the reasons you just mentioned, Gina, you know, it, they can take care of each other and they do have a history and you know, they're friends because of I don't know how long they've been working together, but for a long time now. And so they've developed this friendship that is real and genuine and it is just more than the fact that they're older than a little bit, um, older a little bit than everyone else that they hang around with. So, um, but yeah, so in terms of patients, so there's a victim that comes in and he's a Syrian refugee and Jay comes in with him. Hello, Jay. Hey, Jay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he comes in and, he had been hit by a car, and so he comes in, and Jay's trying to, obviously, he needs to get a statement, whatever, and Natalie and Will end up working on him, and he's Syrian refugee, and he so badly hurt that he can't even really speak, um, but all he really asks, keeps asking is for someone named Christina. That's the only thing they know about him, and because he's a Syrian refugee, there's no medical history to work with, so Natalie and Will's job is to start from scratch and figure out what's wrong with this guy without knowing anything about him. Um, But yeah, so then we get to see Connor's meeting with Latham. And basically Dr. Latham introduces him to his new colleague. And the way he does it is a little weird. He's like, oh, you know how you were never the one we really wanted in the first place, but we didn't, we only had one spot for you and the hospital really wanted you, but you weren't my first choice. Well, here's I we now finally got another spot and here's the person I wanted for this fellowship all along. Like super weird and awkward way to introduce someone, but whatever. Um and then he's like, I'm gonna leave you two to get to know each other. So Dr. Becker like introduces herself and she has a certain kind of I don't even know if you would call it this, but a humor to her. 
I it, maybe it's just her personality. I don't know if humor is the right word, but whatever it is, it rubs Connor the wrong way. Yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way too, though. I I didn't really like the way she was introduced because like there's a difference between being a headstrong female and just being straight up rude. Right, and I'd forgotten. And I don't remember if she really rubbed me the wrong way when I first saw the episode back in May. But as I was rewatching this, I'd forgotten that she was such a bitch, <laughs> to put it lightly. And I was like, oh, my God, she's horrible. Because I've been seeing, you know, we've been seeing Norma Cooling do a lot of interviews and things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, Dr. Becker, like, she seems cool. Like, yeah, like, great. We have another woman on the cast. That's awesome. And now I forgot I really hate Dr. Becker. Yeah, so. yeah. you know what did it for me was when Connor got Ethan's opinion on something and she's like, I'm sorry, you're an emergency, med- or emergency medicine resident. Yes. Why are you speaking? And I remember yeah. laughing in that scene, but not because it was funny, because I was uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that scene in, when it, we get to it. But yeah, super weird. She, But yeah, so she has, it rubs Connor the wrong way and he's just like, okay, bye, I'm leaving. I have more important things to go deal with. As he does. Um, and then over in the waiting room, there's a guy from a previous episode who's back to see Dr. Charles. Um, and he's like, Maggie sees him and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm here to see Dr. Charles. He told me I, he could see me whenever he wants. And Maggie's like, he's busy with a family emergency. He might not have time to see you today. Like, you might as well go home and come back a different day. And the guy just doesn't understand. He's like, no, but Dr. Charles told me he could see me whenever I want. And Maggie's like, well, yes, but he has a family emergency, so not today. And she's like, you can sit here and wait for a while, but he might not come out. So that's what the guy does. Super weird, but he comes back on later on. And yeah, and so then we get to see April and Choi. And their first conversation that we get to see is April kind of comes up to him and is basically like, that thing that happened in the last episode, meaning the kiss, um, she's like, that never happened. Like, we're just kind of forgetting that. So it's And Choi's like, I think he kind of hesitates a little bit, but he's like, yeah, sure. Like, we'll go with that. It's, it's an awkward conversation, to say the least. The whole situation is awkward. The whole thing. Even stemming back to the episode before when they almost kissed. So awkward because the whole episode they fought over a patient and then out of nowhere, Choi just like leans in for the kiss. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then, of course, they get paired together working on a heart attack patient for this episode. So they're forced to deal with each other after they had that awkward interaction kiss thing in the last episode. So then we move on to our other favorite couple in this episode, Will and Natalie. And Will is kind of, like, staring across the emergency room at Natalie. And Maggie's, like, standing next to him. And he's like, why did you – why did Natalie cut her hair? And he's like, a woman who changes her hair, like, is a big deal, right? He's like, it means something. And Maggie's just kind of dismissive, like, you know, don't worry about it. Like, it's not you. And she's like, and if you are going to sit here and worry about it, like, don't bring me into it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Oh well. He, you get the wheels have started turning, and he doesn't understand why the wheels are turning in his head. But the wheels are turning in his head. He has like no game whatsoever, and it's cute, but it's also not cute. And it just oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. Um. And so then we go back to Goodwin, and she has gone back to check on Doctor Charles yet again, 
who is still sitting at Robin's bedside. And Goodwin's like, can I get you anything? Like a blanket, a cup of coffee, like whatever it is. And he said, he's like, maybe a cup of coffee. And she's like, great. And then Reese approaches them as they're on their way out. And she's like, I ran the test on Robin that, you know, we do. And she's like, her her symptoms are not consistent with a psychiatric disorder. And Dr. Charles kind of dismisses that notion. He's like, this is like, Reese, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, You know, you're you're just trying to make me feel better. And Goodwin's like, you know, on the fence. She's like, you know, like, I believe Reese, you know. And then she gets on Dr. Charles. And, you know, she let, Goodwin lets Reese run the test that she wants to do. Reese wants to run more tests to kind of make sure that that's what is happening. You know, that it's maybe not a psychiatric disorder. And as Reese leaves, you know, Goodwin confronts him about that. And he said, you know, she's like, where's the Daniel who leaves no stone unturned when diagnosing a patient? Like, where's the Daniel who never gives up? Like, don't you think your own daughter deserves that much? Burn, Goodwin. But she's right. Like, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's a, it was a really great line. I think, and I think it's kind of what gets Dr. Charles's wheels to start turning. She's so right. And this is where that friendship comes into play because right now Daniel's not thinking clearly because he's hurting. And so that's why it's good that Goodwin's there to kind of pick up the pieces and remind him, hey, like, it's okay. I'm picking up the slack. Like, I've got you. Yeah, for sure. Um, And so this is where the next scene that we kind of get to see is the one that Gina was just talking about where Troy goes to meet with Dr. Becker and Connor about their patient, which is the heart attack patient that April and Troy are working on. And Becker has this one approach and she's like, I want to do a valve replacement. And Connor and Troy are like, "Um, he doesn't really need that. Like that's kind of an extreme approach. You know, we can go, we, you know, there's, I don't know, I don't know all the medical jargon, but like we have a, you know, less extreme, less invasive approach that, you know, can work just as well. And this is what exactly what she says, you know, later on, she's like, excuse me, you're an emergency medicine resident. Why are you even talking? It's just not like, again, there's a difference between coming on as a strong, headstrong female and just being straight up rude. Yeah, for sure. This just wasn't a good first impression. I don't know. I just wasn't the stuff that she says. I was like, uh, that's a little abrupt and not very nice. Yeah. Yeah. She's she doesn't get any better through at the end of the episode either. She really doesn't. Um, no. But the next thing that we go back, we go back to Natalie and Will and they're talking about their patient and they still don't know what's going wrong with him. You know, they have nothing to work with and they have no idea. Um, what's going on and Will just you know like you said you know he's awkward about it and he just asked Natalie straight up like why she cut her hair and Natalie's like oh I just needed a change and Will kind of just lets her go with it but he doesn't also seem to completely buy it but like my thought is like clearly Will hasn't really fully realized that like he still is in love with Natalie but like it's a fucking haircut. I mean, part of it, it's a fucking haircut. Why does that matter? Like, why are you so hung up on the fact that Natalie changed her hair? Like, it's not like she's become more ugly to you. Like, you're clearly still attracted to her and you're still in love with her. So why the fuck does it matter if she cut her hair? And like, if she needed a change, then what is it to you? Why Why are you all of a sudden so concerned? Right. 
Like, it's not like she cut her hair and you stopped loving her. <laughs> He's just so oblivious. Just, Will. Will. Making a big deal out of nothing. Well, and I mean, a note to all the men out there. There's not always, like, a deeper meaning for why women do the things they do. Like, if she cut her hair, maybe she just got sick of managing her long hair. I don't know. Right. Like, would he have found, you know, oh, I saw a picture on Pinterest of a haircut that I thought was cool and decided to cut my haircut. Like, would he have accepted that as a reasonable answer? He would have been like, what's Pinterest? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, he just, Will. Yeah. Yeah. Will. Um. But anyway, so then we go back to Dr. Charles. And he, I don't remember what her, what Robin's, like, psychiatrist, like, I'm going to say the wrong, psychiatrist, like, the doctor that she actually ends up seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what his name Dr. is. Dr. Quad? But Dr. Charles, yeah, that's him. Um, so Dr. Charles, they see them, him basically, like, taking Robin out of the hospital and Dr. Charles is shocked to learn when um, the plan is to, like, transfer Robin out into a long-term, like, um, psych facility. And – but Robin still kind of just, like, leaves and goes back so she can get ready to be transferred out. And Reese comes back and runs into Dr. Charles. And she, you know, and tells him, like, you know, Robin's tests are showing nothing, you know. She has no psych uh, symptoms. And Dr. Charles gets his idea and he's like – let's, you know, I want to run this one more test. Then it's such an obscure test for whatever. I don't, like I said, I don't remember the medical jargon, but Reese is like, really? Like you want to run that test? And he's like, yeah, like, let's just, you know, let's take a chance and let's see. And so Reese agrees and it's going to go run um, this test. And eventually later on, we get to see that what Robin's issue really is, is that it's a rare kind of encephalitis that involves a benign brain tumor. And so that's what is causing her psych symptoms because her body is trying to attack the tumor and because the tumor is near her brain, it's there. And so it's attacking her brain and making her have all these psychotic breaks. So crazy. So, yeah, it's, but I'm sure things like that happen all the time. Um, We just, we aren't aware of them. Um, but basically, Dr. Charles then immediately schedules her for surgery. You know, it's like, we're going to get this tumor out and hope that it reverses all the psych effects. And so when Connor finds out what's going on, he like, he's like, I want to know. And Dr. Charles is going to take Robin in the elevator. And so, um, Con- and Dr. Charles actually kind of takes the initiative and, like, invites him in the elevator, which is like, whoa, like, you're letting Connor in on something? What? Like, who are you? Like, who is this guy that we've seen for this whole episode so far? Um, but it's like a big step and it's kind of like a moment where, you know, he, Dr. Charles, I think acknowledges that like Connor's not going anywhere and it's actually going to be a big part of this life of Robin's life. Um, but later on, Connor says, you know, he's like, I want to be in the OR with Robin for her surgery and Dr. Latham, which correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Dr. Latham a cardiologist? Yeah. Yeah. Why is Dr. Latham doing her surgery? I don't know. It's the same thing as Will not doing surgery anymore, and then yet in 404 of Fire, he's operating on Gabby. What? Wait, what? Yeah. No, no, that was a PD, right? Well, no. He operated on somebody in PD. 
Yeah, he did. On like one of one of the suspects in right. like, the living room. But then when he was when he was introduced um, in the backdoor pilot for Med, he was a surgeon. Then he gets on Med and he's like, I don't do a lot of surgeries. Then we cut to 404 a fire, and guess who's operating on Gabby? It's Will. Right, but it's also funny too because in that I don't know if it's the backdoor pilot where he says it's surgeon. I think when it's when we get to first meet him the first time, like with Jay. But in the backdoor pilot for Med, which is on fire when the hospital explodes, they like have to bring in. They have to let that other girl who was gonna, I guess, be a doctor on Med and isn't a doctor, like come in because she's the only surgeon. So at that point, he's not a surgeon. It's like he was a surgeon, now he's not a surgeon, and then he is a surgeon, and then he's not a surgeon. So what is Will Halstead? It's whatever he feels like. <laughs> Maybe he just needed yeah. a change. I don't know. Who knows? I know. Oh, Will. But anyway, but anyway, like I said, I just didn't understand why Dr. Latham's operating on Robin, who has a brain tumor, when I thought he was a cardiologist. I could be wrong, though. I don't, but I, that's my understanding, was he's a cardiologist. Anyway. There is a moment Lisa, in here that I want to make sure we don't miss that I don't quite see in the outline. Um, when Connor talks to Robin before she goes into surgery. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, Connor basically talks to her and kind of brings her through all of it or just kind of walks her through it. And he says, I love you. Yeah. It's a sweet moment. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, yeah, I, I like this relationship. Same. I'm, I like it a lot. Um, but because of this and because of how invested Connor is in this, you know, he's, he's in love with Robin. Latham's like, no way, Jose, um, Dr. Becker's going to exist. Like, you can't be here. And so then we get Dr. Charles and Connor sitting in the waiting room, having a nice chat and, um, yeah, and so, but they have a nice moment together where they both basically kind of get this chance to, like, say they're sorry. And so, Dr. Charles, like, even has this moment where he's like, you know, I, I was basically horrible to, for the way I treated Robin. Like, she's not going to want to have anything to do with me after that. Like, that's for sure. Um, which is kind of sad to think about, too. You know, the fact that, like, just because he acted so awfully... But it was all out of love, but, like, he thinks that Robin's not going to have anything to do with him. Yeah, that is sad. Just Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, we don't really know too much about the background of their relationship, but if I remember correctly, Dr. Charles has, like, a bunch of kids from, like, six different women or something like that. So I can't imagine their relationship was the healthiest to begin with. Yeah, I forgot about that, but I'd like to know more about this backstory. Mm-hmm. I'd be very intrigued. Um, but it turns out Robin survives her surgery. Yay. <laughs> she comes out. Um, and then we go to uh, Natalie. And their patient, they still don't know what's going on with their patient, but he had had a girlfriend arrive. Um, and so after Natalie gets to go out and talk with her, he like she like notices that the patient's girlfriend's crying. And Natalie, of course, being Natalie – wants to know everything and she's like what's wrong and the girlfriend just kind of bursts out she's like I'm pregnant oh okay and she's like yeah you know I'm pregnant like I haven't known him that long but we you know we were gonna get married right after graduation and she just like can't stop crying but at the same time Natalie doesn't really know what to say so she's just trying to comfort her the best that she can but you can't really tell him that 
her boyfriend's going to survive because they don't really know what's wrong with him. They just know that he can't breathe. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, he can't breathe and his oxygen keeps going down and we don't know what to do. And yeah. And so later on, Choi goes to check back on his patient, um, the heart attack patient, after he had had surgery. And basically he's going over the new vitals with Connor. And basically this patient kind of taught us that loneliness can make you at risk for heart disease. Like, I mean, because the patient's talking about how the fact that like, you know, he's so lonely. And then Choi's like, well, maybe that's what the heart, you know, this heart attack came from is the fact that he has no one. Okay, so loneliness can make you at risk for heart disease. Check. <laughs> Things I learned from bed today. Noted. Check. And so Connor's like, yeah, you know, we all know that love can hurt, but loneliness, that'll kill you. Okay, great. So that means I need to do better at all my dating apps. Great. Check. <laughs> 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 so clearly, basically, this gets Choi to start thinking about April and their relationship. And we can all see where this is coming. And we go back to Natalie and Will. They still cannot figure out what is wrong with their patient. We're, like, basically almost done with the episode, and they still don't know what's wrong. And they're like, well, maybe it's as simple as asthma and needing steroids. Hmm. You don't say that. Why was that? Whatever. Why was that not the first thing they thought of? This is the most Manstead case ever. Because I feel like every other episode, they just run around the hospital like chickens without heads and are like, what is wrong with this person? Oh, my God. (laughs) And so I feel like they did that in this episode. They were like, what's wrong? Oh, it's just asthma. Just right. All that running around for nothing. Like what I think is just funny that they always seem to start with like the most obscure, like medical thing that it could be without like doctor 101 is like start with the basics like the basic abcs of like and they never do that like ever. but it's only manstead like Choi and rose right. no, that's what i mean it's only manstead yeah. it's only natalie and will and that's what makes them such like this weird and awkward but like cute like the reason people ship them is like they operate on the same like they're on the same wavelength all the time it's just never the right wavelength it's also why they give all of us tired heads yeah, for sure. Um, but basically, the patient's parents arrive and confirm that he has asthma. So the steroids they gave him. And I think it's funny. Before the parents arrive, they have this, like, really serious moment. And they're like, well, if we give him steroids and it goes wrong and he doesn't really have asthma, then, like, he could end up dead. And it's just like, and it's like, okay, well, like, oh, can't you do more tests to confirm that it's asthma? And then the parents arrive and they confirm that he has asthma. And they're like, great, we didn't kill him. <laughs> such a man said it's so man said yeah so later on jay comes back to the hospital and he had wanted to check in on the patient especially now that the patient is awake and you know it's gonna be okay and so jay gets the statement and he comes to fill will in about it and will and him have this conversation and Jay's like, you know, Natalie asked me to go, like, be your date to Noah's graduation party. And Will's like, that's cool. Like, you know, you should go. And Jay kind of, no, Jay knows better. He's like, Will, get your shit together. I mean, he doesn't say shit, but Will, get your shit together. Like, if you like this girl, you need to be with her. And it, Will finally sees the light. Of course, it comes from Jay, but Will finally sees the light. I can't with Will. Just, uh, oh, yeah, that's fine. 
Um, that's bullshit. You are lying, sir. I just yeah. How he's like yeah, just it's just funny how he's reading into all of Natalie's actions, and he's like, "Why did she? Why did she change her hair?" And then he's like, "No, it's fine," which is a totally girl thing to do, and be like, "It's fine," but it's actually not. Well, yeah, yeah, will, will, will. Um, but this is kind of also ends the kind of will RJ and Natalie a thing. Like we get to see now that they're not going to be a thing. Um, but in our conversation, if you haven't listened to it yet with Jeff, he we asked him about the whole Jay and Natalie storyline that popped up in Med at the end of the season, and that ends officially in this episode. So make sure you go listen to that. Um, Because he gives some really good insight on that episode or that relationship and why it maybe was a thing and almost a thing, but is now like officially dead. Um, And so this advice from Jay prompts Will to go see Nina. And he basically kind of word vomits this, but like he admits that he still has feelings for Natalie. He, He literally says the words, I cannot go on pretending. Like, he's so overdramatic about it. Like, just tell, like, just be up front with Nina and be like, I still have feelings for Natalie. I've always had feelings for Natalie. I'm sorry I led you on. And just, yeah. See, and he was trying to be so nice in this breakup scene, but it also just came across so harsh. Just... Because, yeah, I mean, he literally just led her on and she knew something was up, too, and she just kept denying it to herself. And then he was finally like, yeah, he was finally like, I can't go on pretending, which is just poor Nina. She deserved so much better. I'm going to miss her this season. Same. Same. Yeah. Patty Murin, we love you so much. Um, Can't wait to see you kick ass on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) For real. and but Nina doesn't take it well and she basically kicks him out not only of the pathology room that he's in and he's like well I'll get my stuff from the place before you come back and she's like yeah that'd be great so she basically not only kicks him out of the room that they're in right now but also out of the apartment so Will got kicked out twice in one moment great sucks to be (laughs) him yeah and so Connor then is you know sitting there with Robin um and after the surgery and after she's awake and he's telling her everything that happened and, you know, the reasons why she's getting diet, you know, she was diagnosed with what she was. And he's like, you know, it was your father who ended up being able to diagnose you. And he also tells her, he's like, you should talk to her father. Like, you should talk to Dr. Charles again. Um, and so basically Connor leaves the room and Dr. Charles comes in and there's no words really shared between Robin and Dr. Charles. He just kind of like holds her hand. And they just, they're both crying. Um, which, I mean, it's in that moment, like, it's clearly understood that they both forgive each other um, for all the kind of shit that had gone down in the past couple of episodes. But it was, it's a really great and genuine moment. It's so sweet. Um, yeah. And so then as Connor walks out of the room, he, Dr. Becker comes to basically annoy the hell out of him like she didn't really have a purpose for their conversation but she comes to annoy the hell out of him and she basically hits on him as he's in front of his girlfriend's room you know his girlfriend who just got out of surgery for I mean a benign tumor but you know a brain tumor and Becker's just hitting on him and she's like I like dangerous men 
what the fuck? Oh my God, I hated this so much because she also leads up to it and she's like, there's a lot of talk about you. You murdered your attending and your mom killed yourself or killed herself and all of these horrible things that have happened to Connor. And she's like, oh, I've heard so much about you. And then she's like, oh, I like dangerous men. You're going to flirt with him by insulting him? Right, in front of his girlfriend who just got out of surgery from a brain surgery. Like, what the fuck? Single people of the world, do not flirt by insulting people. It does not work. Not at all. No, it's a bad not strategy. In not in the slightest. But so that's where we leave Connor and Becker. And then we go to Noah's graduation party. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that happens. I mean, a lot of, I guess, couple-wise, a lot of things that happen. So... I mean, but they're all kind of, like, anticlimactic, too. Like, it's Will asking Natalie to dance. Noah asks Reese to dance, which I guess they're going to maybe flirt with each other all season. I don't, I don't know. And then the only, I mean, the only, like, big thing that happens is Troy comes and finds April and the two of them kiss. Um, but so it's, like, all these things for couples, but, like, they're not really, like, big moments except for the one for Troy and April no but it's kind of setting the stage for season three so I liked it um Noah and Reese have had a little bit of a flirtation going and so Noah just kind of like you know was really smooth handed her some flowers and yeah it was sweet with Will and asking Natalie to dance I don't know it was to me this was probably my favorite scene of the episode just because everybody was just having a good time and enjoying each other I agree yeah and I agree it was cute to see April and Noah dancing together and just being siblings and being adorable yeah um but yeah I definitely agree this is my favorite scene of the episode and I and I think before we've kind of, I mean we've talked a lot about in like our news sections and stuff how we're actually kind of really excited to see what happens with Manstead this season um but before this like when it aired originally in May I remember thinking like this was a really great Manstead moment and probably my favorite Manstead moment of men's history yeah which is interesting because, like, they don't really say anything. Like, Will just kind of, like, asks her to dance. And I don't think he asks her with words. I think he just kind of, like, holds his hand out. Um, but it's a really great moment. It is. Um, it's so cute. And he just looks so awkward and nerdy before he does it. He just, like, stands there awkwardly and, like, it's like, all right, fine. Uh, it's, it's really cute. I liked it a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so then the last kind of scene is... Dr. Charles and Goodwin are back at the are at the hospital, and they're kind of sitting there reflecting on the day. And then Dr. Charles leaves, and he's going to go, I guess, get in his car and go home. And he gets confronted by his angry patient from the earlier in the episode that he never got to see. And before Dr. Charles can even realize what's happening, this patient pulls a gun out, out on him in the parking lot, shoots him, and then commits suicide. What? Yeah. I mean, I... Clearly didn't see that coming, but, and I know, I, I promise I won't do this all the time. I swear this is it, but this storyline reminded me so much of Grey's Anatomy's season six finale, the one where Derek gets shot, Ugh. because it's, it's very similar though, because he had the patient, I mean, it was the patient's husband, but still the patient died. The patient's husband is mad and he blames it on Derek in the hospital. And so... He then goes and he's like, I want to get back at him. And so he goes and then obviously kills Derek and kills or not kills Derek. Shoots Derek, kills other people in the staff. Um, but it just, it, it was similar and it reminded me of it. Um, 
but I promise I won't keep doing that. <laughs> it's forever. okay. It happens. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was just, that was crazy. He pulled the gun and I was like, excuse me, like that escalated so quickly just now. What just happened? So. Right. Cause we only saw him like one other time in the, in the episode and he kind of is like annoying someone else in the waiting room who like had something done with his hand and the patient comes up to him is like, how long have you been sitting here? And he's like, oh, about an hour. And he's like, see, they treat patients horribly here. And that, like, that's all we really saw of him, though. So, like, I didn't see it coming at all. Do you guys remember what episode he was in earlier in season two? No. Yeah, I don't either. No, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. But I'm sure it wasn't that far off. I'm sure it was maybe, like... 17 or 18 because anything really that much earlier than that had probably already been settled but i could be wrong hmm poor dr charles just for real casually bleeding out on the sidewalk for the past six months yeah i'm ready to see him you know someone go find him yeah um see goodwin go find him for real um, then like, this is like the premiere of season three. It picks up right after the finale, and then it goes into a time jump. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. From our understanding, that's what happens. Yeah, they time jump, and then I think they go straight to the guy's trial, the guy who shoots Doctor Charles. Oh yeah, because Philip Winchester is going to be. Oh yeah. In this episode, that's true. Maybe before he goes off to New York. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say maybe this lays the foundation for him to go to SVU. Which I Maybe. think we've talked about before. Interesting. Yeah, I think we mentioned it. But yeah, Philip Winchester is going to be on this episode um, dealing with the case. So yeah, we're going to see – yeah, like I think like you said, Gina, we're going to see the kind of immediate after effects and then it's going to time jump to dealing with the case. So It seems like season three is shaping up to be really good though. Yeah. I'm very excited. Same. I'm really excited for them to – and, I mean, Jeff was talking about it in his conversation with us about how just in kind of, like, all aspects, they raised the stakes and it should be – I think it's going to be a good season. Same. I believe – yeah. I think it's going to be their breakout season. I really do. Um, but, yeah, so that was everything in regards to the um, season two finale of Chicago Med. Um We're still trying to figure out in terms of Med, and it's something we're probably going to – just kind of release random episodes here and there until January when all three shows are back on and we can release like a set schedule. Um, we do know we're going to release the first ep- the episode recapping the first episode of season three, the Monday after Thanksgiving. We do know that for sure. Um, in terms of all the other med episodes, we're not sure. Just stay tuned to social media. Um, but yeah, do you guys have anything to add about season two finale? I'm going to have it? to see how many episodes that guy was in, but I don't know his name. Oh, the guy who shot Dr. Charles? Yeah. I think he was only in one. I just don't remember which one it was. Right. I don't remember. I feel like a lot happened in season two, so it just doesn't stick out to me for some reason. Yeah, a lot. A lot definitely happened. Um, but yeah. As always, you can find us on social media across all platforms. We are Meet Us at Molly's. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I've been, today I've been playing with our Tumblr account, so it's going to be up to date and you can find our episodes. I might just start even reblogging things that I like that relate to One Chicago on there. Um, 
but it's all revamped and pretty now. So go check it out. It's just meetusatmollies.tumblr.com. Um, and yeah, you can find, oh, you can email us if you have any thoughts or questions. Um, we're going to be recording the big J episode on Sunday with a special guest, Christina, who is at Variety of Words on Twitter. So if you have any questions for her about what she thinks about Halstead and his past, if you have any just thoughts on the episode, make sure you get them in to us. Um, there's still time. And, but if you have just thoughts about anything else related to One Chicago, you can send them to us at mutasamales at gmail.com. Um, you can find us individually on Twitter. We love interacting with you guys. Um, I'm at Brianna K13. Gina? I am at Gina Watches TV. And Ashley? I'm at Ashnake095. But yeah, so that's it for tonight. Um, until next time, until Monday, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>